Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit betterhelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. Hello and welcome to In The Pocket. My name's Johnny. And my name's Chris. Two totally average bass players and we're here to talk all about that bass. As well as answering your questions at home, each week we take a look at the latest news, maybe break down some tones, or to give you the lowdown on the low end. I nearly messed up the intro then, but I didn't. Ha <laughs> ha! Great to be back. Because we are back. Chris is back. He's back, back again. Baby. Woo! Uh, for those that don't know if you've been living under a rock, our dear Chris has been on a long, long old tour with his band Dala, and it's good to have you back, man. How are you doing? Oh, well, thanks for having me back. So glad to see that I wasn't <laughs> immediately replaced by literally anyone. So yeah, thanks for thanks for welcoming welcoming me back with open arms. <laughs> I mean, you can't see them, but underneath here, my arms are, are crossed, so not quite. You got uh, a fresh, a fresh stack of P forty fives. Yeah, hundred percent. It's just like five. Is P forty five the one we get fired? Like, wow, you're you're so out of the corporate world. <laughs> I know, I know. I have been well, fired. So I just can't remember what paperwork I was given. <laughs> oh yeah, my P sixty. Is it um, okay? Right, whatever then. <laughs> I'm gonna rain them down like I'm doing cash. You know, like nice, ra- nice. making it rain, but with P forty fives. Ow, ow. Yes, financial burden. Financial burden. I'm I'm very well, Johnny. It is very good to be back. How are you? Fantastico. Yes, I'm good, thanks. Um, It's been pretty quiet. I did my first gig of the year. You've done like 20 (laughs) or whatever. How many? um, 16 for the year so far. 16 so far. Okay, that's good. Is that all? You did some before the tour, right? Yeah, I had a few covers gigs. And then the tour was thirteen dates, no. so I think I'm on for about fifteen or sixteen for the year so far, which is which is pretty good, pretty good going for January. And a bit that of is that is very good because you know it's not wedding season right now, I suppose. So no, it is it is it is absolutely not. <laughs> so doing good, mm. doing good, mm. fantastico. My um, yeah, I had a gig and get this right, the sound guy at this venue that we go into, he's always like such a nice guy. Um, he's great and. He's a bass player, and he complimented oh. my tone. I've done it. I've penetrated not only the bass players, wink, but also the sound guys. So I can die happy now. Nice. Have you had a compliment from a guitar player yet? Uh, yeah, yeah. Well, actually, quite quite a lot sometimes. You know. Oh, sometimes that's there was there was like, a... that's because you like drive pedals. It's a guitarist. <laughs> probably like, yeah, man. Yeah. yeah, you're not wrong. You're not wrong. I did. Yeah. I really, um, you know, I use quite a lot of tack in my tone, so it's quite naturally driven anyway. But like, I was playing um, these days by Foo Fighters, and there's like, it's like, it's just like, like going up to the octave. And yeah. I was doing that, and I was like, fuck me, this is like really loud all of a sudden, but like sounds great. And I looked over, and both the guitarists were like, oh, 
<laughs> just that's, nodding, that's looking one. at me. I was like, that's the one. The best <laughs> one is I used to I used to get this off my mate Tom quite a lot while I was playing. He would go, he would go while he's playing, which is him marrying the word Bosch. Like, so he's playing <laughs> like this. He'll just go Bosh. Bosh. <laughs> nice, nice. Bish, bash, like, bosh. Bish, speaking bish, of bash, bosh. Speaking of boshing, uh, you guys should bosh your way on over to Instagram.com forward slash uh, in the pocket pod. Do people use the URL for Instagram? I don't think so. I like it. Yeah, that's the we're going old school. Scan this QR code, guys, on the screen now. Um, uh, head on over to in the pocket pod on Instagram. We can give us a follow and submit questions uh, to this very podcast, just like the lovely people have done so today. We've got a load of really good questions. We we're going to, you know, nail them down to a few, but we thought, sod it. We've, we had a week off, so let's just go through all of them. So we're going in. We're going in. We're going hard, baby. Going hard. So uh, shall we crack on with the. Should we do like. Two or three questions, and then yeah. then do a bit of news. Why not? Let's do that. So we'll save the more Tory, Tory related. <laughs> oh my God, no! <laughs> a lot of questions about Rishi Sunak in this week. <laughs> Nothing I can say on air. Um, the ones related to the tour I've just been on. We'll save those to near the end. But there's there's a couple of de- decent ones here. We will go in with Neilster seventeen. We'll go with him first. Oh, pretty simple. He said. Hey guys, hey Neil. Uh, do you take backup? Do you take a backup bass to gigs with you? I play in a function band in Scotland and always take a backup with me. Never had to use it, but now worried if I don't take it to a gig, I will need it. <laughs> Very good point. That's a bit of paranoia there. I can yeah. relate to that. Hundred uh, percent. Johnny, do you take um, a backup bass with you to gigs? I'm also very paranoid, so yes. Although I never used to. So when I was doing originals bands, and I just I just didn't. I like didn't bother. Um, now, uh, well, I mean, when I was doing originals bands, even I don't think I had many bases at the time, so I couldn't afford to. Um, now, I always take two bases, but they're not really as backups because we do two different sets. We do an hour of Foo Fighters and an hour of Nirvana or vice versa. And I use two different bases for those two sets. I, use a I P did bass. not know this. Yeah, I use a, use a P bass for Foo's and then I'll switch over to a more jazz style bass or maybe a humbucker yeah. type bass for Nirvana. Number one, because it's more, um, it's more similar to the actual sound um, or the style. And... Um, they're in slightly different tunings. We tune down for the Nirvana. So I'm going down to a, a C sharp, I think it is. And so I like to have um, a slightly thicker string gauge on the Nirvana tuning bases. So, and then the whole thing's half a step down. So because I'm hitting quite hard, um, I tend to have like 110 to 50 on, on okay. that bass. And then, yeah. and just a hand, because some sure. songs are in drop. Um, so just to handle that, I find it's a bit flubby floppy if I'm going ham uh, on a 105 to 45 string gauge. So <laughs> that's why I take two bases. However, both can technically be used for the other. So I then have a backup at the same time because I can switch out and use the other one. Not ideal, but I can do. So I've technically always got a backup. Now, there have been cases where we've just been booked for a festival and we're playing one set 
I always take a backup anyway, regardless. Um, I think every member of our band even takes a backup. Um, the guitarists, essentially, you know, that they'll snap strings every now and then, and it's, it's more warranted for guitarists, I feel. Um, but it's just that now I can, and I've got the double case, I'm like, it's not actually taking up any more room. My main case is a double case, so why not? So, yeah, it's a yes from me, basically. Very well. Um, it's normally a yes for me as well. I've noticed it's different, right? So the full tour I've just done, there was no backup bass for the yeah. full run. Mainly because I knew if there was a problem, George from As Everything Unfolds was going to let me use his jazz bass. He's got five-string jazz bass. Um, and we'd already said before the tour, if there's a problem, can I you know, pinch this just for to get me through the rest of the set? Um, and if his five string went down, we'd also said, "Yeah, I'll just hand you the Dean Wall." <laughs> you said you can... no. <laughs> I said no, mate. No, grow up. Um, yeah. But normally, no. Well, I mean, I don't own. I only own one five string, so there's that. But for weddings, now I'm going to split this into two because for a lot of cover gigs, I don't take a backup. I just take the. I just take whatever bass I'm using and so be it to an extent big touch on wood moment here for weddings though i do take a backup for oh, yeah. two reasons one for weddings i tend to bring a base with rounds and a base with flats and depending on the set i will because i'm usually playing multiple sets i will swap them in and out so sometimes i am booked to play in the afternoon in the afternoon sets it's always like pretty chill stuff like it's more more towny things or an acoustic guitarist is playing with me so i will play flats because i just feel like that seems to work a little bit better and then all the sort of more lively songs in the evening so i bring the rounds and then also if one of those broke for whatever reason i could do the set with the other one because it's not really going to be the end of the world if like you like i've done a wedding full of rock songs with my p bass with flat wound strings on it and it's been yeah. more than fine it's felt yeah. different to play but it's not been an issue yeah. Um, but yeah, like I said, normally I wouldn't, but the other reason as well that I bring to is the simple fact someone has spent a lot of money for a band to be on stage. Yeah. Like a lot of money. Um, you know, there could be five people up there getting anywhere between 200 and 400 pounds. And then there's an agency fee, a sound engineer, all these, all these fuel expenses, you know, a lot of cash has exchanged hands to make this performance good. So in my eyes, it's like, you should probably take a backup just in case something happened because the, wor the worst thing for me would be to like, oh, the gig kind of like is going to be considerably worse now because like something's broken on my yeah. end. I so, feel like for, yeah. I, I totally agree with that. And I feel like with like a pub gig or something, you could be forgiven not taking a spare or if like things go, or if something, God forbid, goes wrong with the bass, can't use it oh god i can't play like yeah for a pub gig i mean you kind of get away with it a bit more than a wedding you don't want to ruin someone's experience that's and the let's thing. be honest yeah. uh if the bass is gone the whole day will be ruined you know the whole wedding they'll exactly. they'll divorce there and then it will be a that's it straight away yeah. someone will die obviously yeah wow that escalated mm. real quick um it did like it's you don't want that ownership to then be on you that you're like oh god it's like 
to ruin their their special day whereas down the pub that's no one's special day apart from like i don't know darren who's on at the bar or something i don't know yeah i mean i have a i have a gig on saturday so the day this episode comes out and i'm only going to take one base with me but that's also like a logistical thing like i'm actually getting public transport to and from the gig because of where it is yeah um and it's a nice bar that do free cocktails for the band so i will be exploiting that so uh absolutely uh, not the but ding wall one base, but not the ding wall i don't know what i'm gonna take for that i might reach the godan needs fresh strings so i might put fresh strings on the godan treat myself wow 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 beautiful love Perfect. it show me about the next question we'll do it we'll do another one um there are a couple here that we can definitely like whip through quite quick. But this one is Andy Clark Kent. Interesting. Oh my god, the Clark Kent. The Clark Kent. Might as well just call yourself Andy Superman. So Come this on. one's from Superman, who's um asked a question I don't feel like Superman would ever ask. Uh should all musicians, including bassists, because we are musicians too, uh <laughs> have no no. Have should all musicians, including bassists, have basic knowledge on how to operate a PA system. Yes, absolutely. Honestly, yes. It saves your bacon so many times if you know what you're doing with a PA system. Like, I'm no sound engineer. I don't know what I'm doing. Like, well, I like to a full extent, but having a basic knowledge of what goes in where and where that goes out and what that does is not only going to benefit you and understanding on what your sound is doing where it's going where it needs to go also countless times i've been in practice rooms and the person running it hasn't been there or something and it's like got to set up this pa i just had to deal with it you know and i'm always the guy to be like well okay let's plug this in do this blah, blah, yeah. turn fader. and tro- being able to troubleshoot basically with that that's where that's, to me it comes in handy that's the thing it's the troubleshooting element for me like you can I'm not a sound engineer. I could I could mix a band live if I needed to, but I'm certainly not an expert. But for me, again, having the ability to kind of like, okay, I understand the signal path of where my bass is going, and then I, I, I can see a channel strip and I know what I'm looking at. Like the amount of gigs I've done with people, of, of all instrumental professions, drummers, singers, everything, you just look at a desk and go, oh, I don't know. Why is it sound crap? And it's like, well, because the gain knob's on full, so all the signal's peaking, or someone's put the low cut button on, and you know, all these kind of things. And then understanding the very basics of like, is this PA active? Okay, well, then it's got plugs that need to be plugged in. Is it passive? No, it goes into a power amp. Where is the power amp? It's there. Is it turned on? No. All these, you know, these basic things of how do you send signal to a monitor? Like, well, there'll be a monitor out or an aux that the monitor's connected to. Yeah. turn these up to get they're all it's all helpful information and it can't hurt. it's not complicated there'll be youtube videos out there where you can get the basics of how a pa is constructed and, and you can even only like, do in 30 minutes yeah and like yeah because like even these like very simple little behringer ones you know that's the fundamentals yeah. are there um yeah. with for yourself as well be doing lots of weddings like you said earlier about um you might be doing like a little afternoon set at the wedding that's just you and a singer or I'm sorry, like you and an acoustic guitar or something. That's probably going to be your own PA system that you're using or, or the singer's PA or the guitarist PA. And if they don't know, I've, I've turned up to gigs before as a photographer and uh, I say gigs, <laughs> I, meant wed- I meant weddings. Um, I'd gone to weddings before as, as like second photographer and had to help with the PA system because the person 
doing like the music to when they're walking in is like oh it's not working i don't know what's going on i've had to yeah. be like right okay let's have a look and like help them out <laughs> um it can't so, hurt it, the, the no. fundamental i think the main answer is it can't hurt you can learn a basic amount within like 30 minutes of scrolling through youtube just do it you never know when it might be coming come in handy 100 percent. yes shall we uh look at some news now why not let's do that why on earth not well it's not been a crazy busy week for news i feel um there are a few things worth talking about though um chris have you um ever lost not. a base <laughs> never um no i have never lost a base why do you ask um because there was a very famous person who has lost a base or, or had it stolen uh and that base has now been returned would you like to see the story oh sure why not could you could you do that again with 10 percent more um joy sure why not fantastic thank you so much it's sir paul everyone um who looks a little bit like my uncle gareth in that photo that's really weird i didn't recognize him for a minute i'm gonna be honest (laughs) yeah that's like later years um so paul mccartney obviously famous for being Mm -hmm. a bass player in the beatles of course has been reunited with guitar stolen 51 years ago i know it's technically a guitar but come on come on bbc Call it a base. You know what you're doing. So, 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 um, <laughs> so the article reads, uh, Sir Paul McCartney has been reunited with the bass guitar. There we go. He used in the Beatles hits uh, such as Love Me Do and She Loves You 51 years after it was stolen from the back of a van in London. So this thing's been missing for 51 years. It got stolen in 1972. Mental. Uh, that's crazy and he's saying that he's incredible grateful for its return ah oh. um so apparently the strings are the same uh, well it's probably all flats right so this, they sat this pricks changed the strings yeah well no they did they did change the <laughs> it's got diodaros on it so they're still alive <laughs> i mean not diodaros i meant elixirs damn it can't yeah, do that. exactly. It's got a 51-year-old elixir string still going strong. Still going. Wow. Um, so within the article, you can see it's uh, you know, a famous Hofner there. It's a very nice-looking Hofner, though. I, I actually really bad. like it. It's not bad at all. Yeah. I don't know what's going on with the strings in this picture. <laughs> like, well, I, I t- I'll tell you for free that they're broken. Yeah. Yes, that's true. Um, and so apparently it had been restrung because it was strung um, right-handed. So someone had taken it and used it because, of course, Paul McCartney is famously a left-handed player. And that's why the, uh, the you know, dubbed Beatle bass, the violin bass Hofners, are so good because they're just, you could just swap them around and you're fine. Um, so, yeah, not much else to say about this. Apparently, there was a whole campaign that went into finding this and they eventually tracked it down. It was a hand-me-down. So I think it was like a 21-year-old guy uh, inherited it and it was just sat in an attic in Hastings. Uh, wow. You don't know the full story about how it got to there or, you know, where it went from there. But, but yeah, it was just in there. Apparently, it says they found it, but it was sold to a landlord of a pub in the area before it made its way to Sussex, where it was sitting in the family's attic. Like, I've seen loads of Hofners for sale before, and normally they're like the really cheap, like, not great ones or whatever. But I like, imagine just having this sat in your attic, not knowing. Uh, the potential value 
of that base. Like, it's mad, isn't it? Does it say, was there like a reward or like, was it just given back to Paul? Uh, I'm pretty sure it was pretty sure it was just given back um they say at the end of the article here um that (laughs) the guitar was originally purchased for 30 pounds in germany in 1961 it's just bullshit man like like they they do as dirty on the housing market and now you can and then now we learn that you can buy a hoffner for 30 quid (laughs) jeez come on cozy lives Um, yeah end it now just want to stop um just want to they say now. yeah i think so wow. they say here that john lennon's stolen guitar sold for 2.4 million pounds uh sorry dollars uh when it resurfaced half a century later i can't imagine this will quite have the same uh value as that but it would it would fetch a pretty penny so Certainly. it's it's impressive that the person that stole it wasn't like i'm holding on to this until one day it's worth it unless he was mm. waiting for for sir paul to pop his clocks, you know. Maybe, maybe know. he just got bored and was like, "This man hasn't died." Yeah, what's oh, going on? Be- better give it back, I suppose. Yeah, oh well, better give it back. Well, sir, popped his well. clogs. That's his name. Mm. Um, if he oh, if he dies soon, that's a really really bad way of doing it. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, uh, let's move on to the next bit of news, uh, and it's a release, uh, an artist release of a model. So kind of in similar yeah. vein, I suppose. Um, and it is, Peter Hook has released a new signature base with Eastwood. Um, now, I am not too familiar with Eastwood. Um, I know that they're pretty reasonable for what they are. Like, this is £1,200. And I don't think that's too bad for, like, a signature base. I don't quite remember where this is made. but Well, that's the, that's the kicker, isn't it? It's, like, made in the UK... Amazing value for money made yeah. in the US. Amazing value for money made in Indonesia. Absolute rip off. Yeah, exactly. But yeah, I'd, I'd still love to try one of these. Like for those that aren't watching on the video version, which by the way you definitely should if you're listening, you chumps. Um, it's called the Eastwood Hooky Viking Pro, and it's a gorgeous looking semi hollow. Comes in dark cherry and black. Very traditional, um, like a three three five type body, but with a precision pickup in the bridge position. So reversed, reversed. I might add. Oh yes, sorry, it is. So you're gonna get you're gonna get some like big high end tones. I say high end is mm. in like top end, not like expensive. Yes, um, of course, yeah, because of that and being in the bridge position as well. I think it's very cool. Um, it does look strange when you first see it. It's kind of like it's going. Meh you know um but i'll, I'll take that <laughs> that's fine yeah, but you you would look at that and go oh that's a bit weird but that's perfect for peter hook yeah. because peter hook bass lines are actually all high melodic things like joy division and, and yeah. stuff like that proud proud fellow northern bass player peter hook yeah but um, let's get, yeah, let's get this, him on the pod um, we should get him on the pod i i actually know people who know him so i reckon oh. i reckon i can i can sort that out you know uh, they're going to Peter hook you up. Absolutely. Nice one. Oh, Very good. Oh, thank you. Yeah, it's um, a cool so, Very cool. Yeah, it's it's actually a reissue of like an original one that they did. I, I hadn't really seen much about this bass before. I know he's got his um, signature Yamaha, which has the reverse P pickup, um, the BB, but this is just a lot cooler, I think. I see quite a lot of those Yamahas for sale, weirdly. 
Um, mm-hmm. And it's not wild pricing for what it is, I think. Uh, yeah, love to try it. Looks pretty cool. Um, I do have a question. It has one, two, three, four, five knobs, a switch, and a single pickup. Oh, um, so I do not know what's going on under the hood. Let's have a look, shall we? Oh, I can't read it from here. I'm quite far away. Uh, it switching. is active. Acid. Yes. Do you want me to read it? I can read it from here. Did you say acid? Yes. Air, full of acid. It is um, yeah, active and passive switch. In passive, it's a volume and tone only. Active boosts the output and adds a free band EQ circuit. Yeah, so okay. the controls are volume, tone, and a free band EQ, bass, mid, and treble. Great. Yeah, I bet that's I bet cool. This, I bet this sounds awesome. Like, with this kind of bridge position pickup, I think you kind of do want a bit more tonal control, because otherwise it's going to be bit of a one-trick pony, which yeah, isn't a bad passive, thing necessarily. But... Yeah, passive, you can see that being like a mean, lean honk machine. Yeah, and you exactly. Might, you might want to, like, if it's active, maybe, like, duck the mids a little bit and boost, like, quite a lot of low end. To make that sound like a normal P-Base. So you, you duck would have the mids. Boost. Yes, you would you have duck to Duck the mids to make it less honky. Yeah, don't ask me how this works. <laughs> no, I just like get... the I like the duck references. That's all. Yep, you're welcome. Uh, yeah, but to make that sound like an actual P bass, you would yeah. have to boost quite a lot of low end, I reckon, to compensate. Yeah, for just you know, it's hundreds of miles away from its original position. Hundred percent. Yeah. Well, there we go. the The Eastwood Pete Honk, uh, three three five Viking Bro signature bass. I like it. It's very cool. Quack. Um, Speaking of some things that are very cool um, and some things that are a bit uncool, really. Not uncle, like uncool, right. sorry. Um, Fender have unveiled their Custom Shop 2024 bases. Uh, wow. Yeah, say it with me now. Wow. Um, wow. Like, I don't know. I Custom Shop, yeah, I, I've played a few and they're, they are phenomenal. They're great. I'm not, I'm not saying they're bad. But they just don't interest me. Like, I mean, is this just not like the most like oh, just vintage reissue, vintage reissue thing you've ever seen? With a couple of exceptions, mm-hmm. like this jazz bass is pretty funky, and this bass six because yes, there is a bass six included within this. Of course, there is. Matt Parker will be very, very happy indeed. No, I'm sure uh, he will. I'm actually. I hate to say this, Chris. I'm going to side with him here because I think the coolest out of all of these is one of the basics, and I'll get to that in a minute. But yeah, these these are, are like four. This says here four thousand eight hundred and fifty dollars, and it says here that this first in the lineup is a limited edition P Jazz base relic. I mean, what's a P Jazz? What's a PJ? I, I was thinking, is this is that what they're calling a PJ or something? But it's just a, okay. it's a jazz bass with more P bass tendencies, yeah. like a thick neck. So it's got like a U shaped neck, and and that's kind of it. <laughs> and I'm like, right. oh, really? Okay. Like, wow, cool. we, um, yeah. Like, and again, I want to reiterate, these are going to be fantastic. They're master built by people that are flipping artists in their game, um, but just doesn't do anything for that me. That one's does cool. It? Or the, or the black one. Yeah, that one's pretty cool. It's, it's, going... one, it's one of these again, where it's like, you know, it was the great philosopher um, Tom DeLonghu once said, I've been here before a few times. <laughs> um, we, we've seen this before. Like, this, it's just kind of like, yeah, cool. 
Um, don't get me wrong, though. Like, that P-Base we're looking at right now is cool. I'm not paying yeah. four grand for it, though. Like, I'm mean, no. not paying four grand for anything. Like, but you, like that, you, you could get that in the Squire form and do that, those mods to it. I know it's yeah. I'm obviously not comparing the two. It's not the same, but like... Well, I am. <laughs> that, that's exactly the same. Um, if I was going to get one of these, I think, obviously, I love, love the 50s-style honey P-Base. Like, that's a dream. But I, I think if I'm going custom shot, I'd probably end up getting a real proper vintage-style 50s early 50s like 51 p base like i don't i feel like that's where you're gonna get the most uniqueness perhaps um let's look at that jazz base that they had uh look at like i mean i don't even really think this is very nice to be honest <laughs> is that the only picture of it uh it is on here because it just looks dirty that's the only way i can describe it it just looks like it needs a clean yeah that's like proper vomit burst isn't it like it's not even a burst but like yeah that looks like the bottom of someone's like the nightclub toilets at 3am yeah. um yeah. or like take the pickguard off or make it black or something i don't know like i don't know not doing it for me that but what is doing it for me now yeah that's a cool color matching headstock very nice base six this next one though holy guacamole that is the best looking basics I might have ever seen. That I I love this. Um, I can't see your face right now. Is it saying probably is best. It agreeing? Is it saying wow? It just, wow, Johnny! Wow, Johnny looks like a guitar. What? Yeah. What's I've your, seen what's that your problem, bro? Because we play bass. We've been over this. But it's so good. Don't get me wrong. It looks lovely. Although, if you know what? I've got to be honest. I think I would rather have it in that pink. Do you have eyes? Believe it or not, yeah. Not made of eyes. <laughs> that, uh, don't it yep. just looks... It looks fine. Like, you know, it, look, don't get me wrong. It's a lovely colour. Like, I have seen... Like, I even preferred that one. I have seen like squire base 6s that i actually go oh quite that looks quite nice that black and gold one that dear alumni matt has modded and made that's yeah. lovely that looks yeah, so nice this looks like a just looks like a guitar it's fine it's fine this is this is killer this is, is killer it? yeah it's is gonna it? kill you in a minute is it really yeah man big time cool um, comment down below um if you've realized that that chris is wrong <laughs> that was me ma furiously making other accounts to comment exactly who's who's um who's donny jibble <laughs> donny jibble 69 <laughs> 69 69 420 <laughs> but yes that concludes our wonderful news section there let's crack on with a uh a few more questions please uh this is a question from juiskta 14 I'm really sorry. I would click on your profile and get your actual name. However, this is a screenshot of the Instagram comments, not actual Instagram to consider really high battery. Tech. So, nice and simple one, I think. Uh, do you prefer amps and cabs over combos? If so, why? Would you like to uh, go first? I'd love to. Um, amps and cabs all day, baby. All day. Um, just, I've never been in the line of work where a combo is really, like the thing to use like only at home practicing or like my when I, my first combo amp you know like that's that's all the combos i've ever had really um 
because then I just upgraded to head and cab and just never look back. Like I, it's easier to transport and sometimes I don't need to take the cab. I know your setup, mm. and I'm sure you'll get onto this in a minute, like sometimes it negates the whole need for a cab, but like I'd much rather have a cab and yeah. then I can change the amp out as well. Be Just be more flexible with it. Or I go to festivals where there's a cab provided you know yeah. and then yeah. if i if i had a combo what, what am i gonna like oh no can i put my combo on stage please no it doesn't help with loading in loading out when you've got to be fast 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 like it's just not a viable and practical option for the type of gigs that i'm doing so and it never has been honestly um so yeah i am head and cab all the way i will keep it very short and to the point unlike me um head and cab for li- just literally the exact same reasons you listed um so let's just uh let's just power straight on really i would say because there Fair are enough. two i want to get through before we move on to things that are a bit more in the same subject okay so um okay scoggin bassist which series slash range of bases do you think has the coolest name Ooh. I don't know, you know. So I don't know about the coolest. I think we might just have to go through some that, that are cool. So I'll start off with, like, I mean, the Thunderbird is, that is, that is, I mean, maximum cool sex name. appeal. It's a cool Sex name. appeal to yeah. the max. Yeah, okay. Um. So that would be my first suggestion. Uh, the Ibanez SR705392AXPYPI. You know, FR, FR. Sorry, friendless one. No, um, no. The the Ibanez MS MS. <laughs> it's, it's got MS. Oh no. Um, oh dear. The the uh, the Ibanez Iceman. Amazing. Um, I would like to. Th- I could throw some BC Rich names in there. In fact, what are the current? Oh, B- yeah, I mean... we got we got the uh, we got the we got the Mockingbird. We've got the BC Rich bitch. Um, oh, that's the one. That's the one. What else? What else do BC Rich do? Mockingbird. What's the one Slash used? Oh, we've got the Warlock, of course. The Warlock. That's sorry. That's what I meant. The Warlock, and then the Mockingbird is what Slash played. Yeah, the Iron Bird. The Iron Bird, and the Widow. Oh my God! What's the Widow? Uh, I'll share my screen now because okay, you have go to see it. It's excellent. Although the page isn't loading. Oh my god, this is this should be the backup base that you should get for Dala stuff, man. Go on, I'm ready. Hey. My body is ready. Oh yes, yes. <laughs> Look at that. It's only one thousand three hundred pounds. It's a P- it's a PP as well. It's a PP double P. And look at that headstock. Isn't that yum yum? It's so cool. Like this is. I'm not even being ironic here. I really wanted a BC Rich guitar when I was a teenager. But yeah, because you were a teenager, and it's all Mick Thompson from Slipknot's fault. <laughs> yeah. yes no 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 uh, my contribution to this is I'm just going to go for the P bass because I like how it was called the precision bass because it has frets <laughs> it was like it's precise this is the sound good bass this is the sound good bass so I'm going to leave I'm going to park that and I'm going to move on to one more question okay because it's the only one that isn't related to being on tour uh, so this is from uh, Billy Woodfield Bass. Um, technically, you have asked two questions here, mate, so we'll grant you this. Um, 
how do you guys balance playing with your own original bands and session slash function work? That was question one. Question two, does one come before the other? Interesting, because, Johnny, you just play covers. Am I got that right? Yes. 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 I've not written a song in my life. No, that's Ever. a lie. Ever. Um, no, I, I haven't been an originals band for maybe five years now. Probably the best. Yeah. So, probably for the best. Um, so, I'm always teasing the idea of doing it again or like just, I mean, I've got like albums bloody worth of stuff written. They're like, I don't know, just never, it's never a priority. And I think that's where it, what it comes down to. I mean, my answer for this is simple that like, I've only got the one tribute band that I do. So that's it. There we go. Chris, Chris that to serve. Was easy. <laughs> Chris to serve. Um, I actually kind of balance playing with it. I mean, it's balanced pretty well, really, for me, because, like, Darla's not really that busy in terms of gigs. Like, the tour, the tour that we've just done is in the middle of, like, the quietest bit of the year for covers gigs anyway. I mean, I had to turn down two gigs that came in after this was confirmed. So I did lose gigs for it. Um, but in terms of balancing it, I would say it's just down to priorities, really, is kind of the main thing. So whether one comes before the other, you'd have to decide. Like, I don't really know which one takes top priority because for me, they're both just plates that I spend. Yeah. You know, it's not necessarily that one is more important than the other. Um, you know, if a big dollar opportunity came in and I already had a gig booked, I would probably look to depth the gig out so I could play the, the dollar opportunity. Um, but I know for a fact we've already had these conversations with, with Dala the other way around, where um, originally, so this tour that we just did wasn't supposed to be at this time of year is actually supposed to be late last year and i had dates in the diary anyway and what we were going to do was essentially um i was still going to do the weddings that i was booked in for and uh base was actually going to be on track for those nights oh. it was like it was like three dates out of like 16 but it was like guys come on that's like oh. nearly you know six seven eight hundred pounds of revenue for me <laughs> It's like, I can't, you know. Yeah. But we had that We had that with, with Jay, our guitarist on tour. Like he didn't play the Cardiff date of the tour because he had a work commitment that was in his diary months before this tour was confirmed. We sorted out a workaround and we just did it. Like, you know, you know, we're not, you know, we're not unrealistic people. It's like, Pete, you've got to earn money. Like, you don't, uh, you don't, you don't earn any money being the support band on a tour. You know, you, no. you, you, the goal is break even, and that the, yeah. you know, the the ultimate goal is break even. There's no profit, so if there's something that comes up that like pays for your life, it would be a bit. It would be a difficult conversation if the rest of your band were like, "No, we don't want you to do this. We've got this talk." It's like, well, like I'm an adult, like you know, like I'm not, I'm not 16 on holiday. Like I've got bills to pay. So you do have an expensive lifestyle, you know. I have an incredibly expensive lifestyle. He says with his. 2000 and 2011 Nissan Micra and uh, 
<laughs> buys about one base every three years. <laughs> exactly. Uh, but yeah, I, yeah. for me, though, one doesn't really come before the other. At the moment, we've been pretty lucky in terms of balancing the two. And if the, if something came up, it would just be a case of like, communication is important, really. You'd have to talk to your band if this was you and you had covers gigs coming up. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction and free shipping. And that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements. Featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. But when your original's band at work, yeah. you would just need to have that conversation with your band and, and, and hopefully everyone is reasonable. Yeah. And hit, like if, if you've come up with this like situation... I suppose the only thing to keep in mind or what I would be keeping in mind and you know I would obviously try my best not to have things clash but I have had things you know gigs come up where I can't do them um, and then they've had to get uh, someone else in and that's the point it's more likely that someone can depth the covers gig than your originals you know and depending on what position you are in that band exactly uh, can determine that so yeah it's it's not. It's never a thing you want to do, but it's it's possible for things to get covered in that, um, for that machine to keep working. Uh, but yeah, exactly. Co- covers. Uh, mm. Sorry, originals is a much more grueling game uh, because you're fighting for someone's attention and everything. So it's almost like every opportunity is you need, you know, rather than um, covers where like you're being paid to be there and it's like. You're paid to do a yeah, thing. Yeah, and you whereas... are a bit more disposable as well. And I suppose for a lot of people, it's like the originals project is like the baby. Like it's yeah. like re- a really passionate thing of theirs. So any opportunity for that to grow, they want to they want to grow it. Whereas with, with cover stuff, it's very much like a, I enjoyed this, but it's there to pay the bills. I mean, I, I like I really, really like playing the covers gigs, like a lot. So for me, it's like, it's not just like a money thing, but... You know, you've got to just, you know, sometimes things clash and you just have to try and work it out. That they do. That they do. Speaking of things clashing, uh, I don't really know where how we're going to clash, but should we move on I, to the I next section? <laughs> yeah, what is the next section? Because I don't know. <laughs> uh, we're going to listen to a tone. Oh, that's nice. Um, so who's, who's brought that? Uh, I have. Surprise. Surprise. I'm going to play it down the mic. Is that okay? Um <laughs> That was pretty good. Um, So, as you know, uh, Chris has been on tour, and so we thought it'd be very lovely for you to share uh, the tone that you've been playing on tour. Um, You've seen posted a couple of clips on Instagram, uh, but here we've got a uh, a sound recording of 
trials, isn't it? From it Dara. is um, well noted. We're going to have a listen uh, and yeah, just break it down a little bit more. What's going on uh, in the quad cortex there, and what you're using, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. So let's uh, give it a spin. Damn, son. Um, so that was recorded live at the gig, right? That is live. That that's a hundred percent live. Drums and bass, completely live, straight off the. Um, you know what? Not even straight off a mixer. That is. So this is quite cool, really. So I've got that Zoom H4n Pro, and what you're hearing technically is you're hearing a bass DI. It's not a DI. It's output two from the quad cortex, which is an absolute duplicate of what the front of house get, which is output one. Um, and uh, the only thing I'm doing... To, what were you laughing at? <laughs> the way you just said it, it's an absolute duplicate. Like, it's a fucking duplicate, fucking, you know? It's fucking bang on, it's mate. It's been duplicated. Because it's the same menu and everything. But, yes, <laughs> it is Sorry. It is bang on the same. Mm. Um and the only extra things I'm doing in post with that are I'm actually rolling everything off under 90 hertz. Live, it's 60 hertz, but considering it's like social media and I wanted to leave room for the kick drum, it's 90 hertz. And then I've done a little boost at 1.5k just so you can kind of like hear the bass and the bass part a little bit more. Live, it is a little bit more, little bit more scooped. Uh, just just to sort of suit the needs of the actual band. Because if I had that big boost at 1.5, I feel like I'd be in the way of the vocal and the guitar a little bit. So that's the bass. And then the drums, what you're hearing there is you're actually hearing a Yamaha EAD, which is uh, the, the coolest thing I've ever seen in my they're life. They're great. They're great. If you're a drummer, mate, buy one. Like, So what we did was, so um, we, had, we actually had two drummers for the tour, but both drummers had the same setup. So what you're hearing is Ed, who did the last couple, the last four shows with us. Um, and then the first half of the tour is a guy called Tom. Tom plays in a band called The Throwaway Scene, um, which if you're into kind of like early My Chemical Romance, kind of like post-hardcore vibes, you, Johnny, you'd love it. I'll send you a link to it in a minute. His band are great. Like, Tom's a great drummer. Both guys were lovely. Really great band. But to get back to the tech thing... Um, what the Yamaha EAD does is essentially the kind of, it's like a microphone, but then it's also triggers. So what we would do is Ed would set up his EAD and then he would send, he would record it as well while he's playing. And then he would send a signal of the EAD to our in-ear rig. So the front of house, the PA and the audience don't hear the EAD. They get the drum mics, the actual mics. But in my in-ears, I get the EAD, which is essentially a kick sample, a snare sample, and a small microphone picking up the cymbals. And it's fantastic. It genuinely, it was absolutely fantastic. My in-ear mix for the tour, which I think I will do a video on, was genuinely bass guitar, the EAD, so drums, and a click. I had no, yeah. no live guitar, no backing tracks, no vocals. Wow. It was hardcore. But, uh, I suppose you're getting some of that naturally. 
bleeding through. You can anyway. hear a little bit in the microphone. Like if you listen closely to to that recording again, you will hear a bit of screaming and a little bit of guitar, but it's very very slight. So essentially, that was that those that was the um the boys and girls in the crowd oh, going yeah I love Dingwalls. Um, <laughs> then uh, so yeah, the, the, what what everyone just heard then is essentially the the EAD with with a bit of compression. That's it, really. And Were the bass with a little bit of compression, a little bit of EQ, and then they're just blended together. And that that is basically it, really. It's a really impressive piece of kit. And uh, yeah, I was what you heard then was me banging my head, running around while uh, while recording that at the same time, and that was the end result. Incredible. Well, great playing as well, considering you know oh. having seen you playing live and, and going ham. Um, Sounded toit, toit like a toiger. So, thank you very much. Props to you, sir. Very, 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 very most excellent. Um, yeah, sounded bloody lovely. Is that? I'm assuming that is your standard kind of um, Ampeg SVT with the cross, the crossover. Yes. Yeah, um, so that drive. is that is the SVT set preset, which is on the Cortex Cloud. If you've got a uh, quad Cortex, oh, um, there we go. And what that is is really realistically it's like a dark glass x7 pedal into an svt that is basically what it is but inside the quad cortex there's a bit of compression there's a crossover um splitter which has distortion on anything above 250 hertz and nothing no extra stuff below 250 that goes straight into the front of like an svt and an 810 pretty scooped bit of bass bit of treble and then there is another compressor, which is just set a little bit lighter, and some very basic EQ. And by very basic, I mean there's a roll. So I, I do this with every preset. Whenever I'm recording stuff, I would do the same thing. There's a roll off at 65 hertz for the unnecessary subs that we just don't need. With this, with it being more like contemporary heavy music, there's a pretty aggressive dip at 500 hertz, and there's a dip at 3K and a roll-off at 6K. That is it. Nice and simple. Wow. Just kind of like getting the unnecessary pick attack out of the way. You know, the really horrible kind of harsh bit. We're getting rid of that. Yeah. Adding, and there's a lot of gain on that. So by adding a lot of distortion, we are introducing a lot of upper harmonics, which I don't want. That's why I'm rolling off at 6K. And then that's it, really. And also, those strings are pretty old. I was going to say, that's quite... The new that's the Newcastle, wasn't it? So that's yeah, quite... that's Newcastle, which is the second to second to last day of the tour. Yeah, so, so that's properly sweated in. Yeah, that's two re- two six hour rehearsals and twelve gigs. Damn, pretty good. Not bad, not bad. Cool. Never changed, didn't change strings, and I was playing them at home today. And yeah, don't get me wrong, they're not like as good. They've lost the zing, you know, the proper like. Zing, bit of spice that you yeah, get yeah, yeah. at the top. They've lost that, but they've kind of mellowed out, and they're still. I could gig them, I could record with them, and it's perfectly fine. Yeah, not bad. Not bad. Dingwall strings. Not, not bad, bad at, all. at all. Yeah, not too not shabby. bad all round. Sounded great, man. Um, stainless steel light, as well. My light has just died again. So oh, good. you're going to have well, to just deal with that now. Just a, a not very lit, but very lit. Boy, would you like me you know? to? Would you like me to stand in solidarity with you? And do the rest of the episode like this. <laughs> just turn them all off. Yeah, just like there we go. Welcome to In the Pocket. My name's Fantastic. Chris. That's 
Perfect. Is Thank that you. better? I actually can't find the on switch. Is that the on switch? That's the on switch. Camera one. Wonderful. Camera two. Well, camera one. Camera two. Anyway, sorry. Please continue. Riveting. Um, thank you so much for bringing it along. Sounded great, and hearing it in person as well at the Bristol gig sounded mighty. So I will yeah. say, I will say, you and Matt gave me some of the best mix uh, reviews or critiques ever. Like I came to <laughs> what I came to find you after the gig, and you were like, "Mate, it was bass drum and bass guitar." And he was yeah. mint. <laughs> yeah, we, we were like two, like like second row from the front. Yeah. And as soon as it kicked in, literally kicked in, we were like, whoa! I felt like the kick was in our chest. I will um, say most, most nights, that was the mix. It was like, re- yeah. like my bass guitar was so loud most nights, which I guess must be good. Because if you sounded like crap, like we've talked about before, if you sound like crap to a sound engineer, they're not going to fix you. They're going to turn you down. Oh my god! I wonder why you got quiet during the set. Uh, <laughs> uh, <laughs> exactly. Amazing. Well, should we talk about that a bit deeper now as we head oh. into the final section of the podcast? Oh, go on then. Oh, why not? Eh? So obviously, just come back from tour. First big tour. It's amazing. Um, really? And you know, people want to people want to know how it went, what went down, what challenges you faced, etc. So. I wonder if you can just start things off, Chris, by <laughs> saying how you found it in a nutshell um, to start. You know, um, challenging, absolutely. There was definitely some hard stuff. You know, it was interesting because I came into the tour like I'm. You know, gigging is not new to me. Like I do a lot of gigs, so there was a lot of stuff that the skill set I already had carried me in to the tour. And it was fine. You know, things that you would expect from any any type of gig that you used to do. And then, though, there was a few bits that I've never experienced before as either a originals band that hasn't really got a leg up anywhere or covers. And some of those things really threw me off. And some of them weren't. Mm. But, yeah, overall, very good very hard in the places I didn't expect and not that hard in the things I did expect, I believe oh, no. is the, so what, is the what, right way of phrasing it. What I don't want to focus too much on the bad. We'll talk about like challenges and stuff. But like oh, what, yeah, yeah, yeah. what do you think was easier than you thought it was going to be? Um, never tired at any point after every set. Not even at all. Not even close. Like giving it beans for 30 minutes felt like nothing genuinely because i'm so used to playing for um an hour 90 minutes two hours three hours in in one night you know sometimes playing you know three 60 minute sets with a 20 minute break in between you know these kind of things yeah Um, Yeah, yeah. that getting on stage and playing for specifically 28 minutes just felt walk in the park like genuinely could have just gone again not a problem so definitely kind of like the stamina of playing for a lot definitely carried me through you know at no point at no point did i experience like arm fatigue you know neck pain anything just from i've built up a an endurance from playing so many covers gigs so yeah uh what else though 
what else was easy? Been, it's because um, you've been headbanging so much to Mr. Brightside at your covers gigs. Absolutely, that, like, absolutely. No bangovers at all, you know. No, there was no there was no bangovers, which was I, I actually thought wouldn't be the case because I was I was throwing shapes. Yeah, um, impressive. Absolutely. Um, what else? What else? Um, speed of packing up and tearing down. That uh, that wasn't a problem either because you know I'm just used to doing that. You know, you got to get in, get out quick. Um, whether it's covers gigs or any musical thing, really, you got to rip through. You know, I'm used to packing all my gear down very quickly at two o'clock in the morning because oh, I yeah. want to get in my car and drive home. <laughs> um, so that was fine. Um, sort of general levels of like professionalism around like the environment you're in. You know, I'm, I'm used to dealing with people a lot for my line of work, whether it's clients or an audience um, or it's musicians you've never met before. You know, you're around you're around people constantly like like i genuinely genuinely with the exception of being mm. on the toilet or in a shower or someone was within two meters of me the entire tour like you know sleeping in, didn't at no point did i have my own room you know we were sleeping at friends houses or hotel rooms that had free single beds in them or Airbnbs or spare rooms of people's houses, you know, these kind of things. There was always someone. So luckily I'm used to that from gigging so much with so many different people and, and, and having to be sociable at all times that, again, these were things that just bounced off me. Not not to say they were easy, but these were all experiences that I have experienced before and struggled with in the past. But, you know, you were coming into this touring environment and going, yeah, we we've done this before this is just the same as waiting in the green room at a wedding venue yeah you just kind of crack on with it yeah that kind of thing yeah it felt very, I, fami- very familiar well good the thing i always found about touring was like it was just the waiting around that like yeah like was the worst thing where you're just like waiting for the doors to open like everything's done or like if everything's gone to plan you know and you're just you know, I guess you could explore where you are, but not really. Like you couldn't, you can't really go and see the sights. No, and I like saw. Check stuff out. I saw nothing of nowhere. Genuinely, like I, I, you know, I was been all, it'd been all, all these cities. You know, I had friends who'd recommended things to me, and were like, oh, you know, blah blah blah, I was around the corner from the venue, like a restaurant, yeah, or a coffee shop. No, just no time to see anything. Yeah. Genuinely, no. Because yeah. we were the first band on as well. Like by the time we'd sound checked, doors were thirty minutes later. We were on thirty minutes after that. Sometimes fifteen. It's just like kind of, and then uh, you know, we, then I, I was doing crew work for the headline band as well. So, you know, as soon as I yeah. stopped doing that, I was doing this instead. So, you know, there's no. I, I went. I walked to get a coffee in Glasgow, and that was it. Genuinely, that was the only time I wow. left a venue the entire wow. Time. Wow. You're not allowed outside in most most cities, though, are you? So exactly, I'm not. No, no. Um, we have got some questions from the audience as well, specifically about your tour. Um, I know you said a bit about packing down um, things like that. That reminded me of a conversation we had. Um, leading into this question, what is the best lesson you learned whilst on tour? <laughs> There's a couple of things um, related to gear. I would say streamline your rig to just brutal levels of efficiency like you know i knew where everything lived in my 
already stripped down flight case that my entire rig was in to the point of efficiency but also it meant i could look down while i was packing down and going there's a gap there and i knew that gap meant i've not grabbed my hercules guitar stand yeah so i didn't have to go you've got that you've got that you've got that what have you not got it was looking down and going this isn't as fully packed as it was yesterday in the bottom left corner there's a gap that gap is where my stand lived and then you would look behind you and go there's the stand it's a built-in idiot check I love it. Yeah, it was built. It was built in idiot checks to the point where it was like, I knew when I shut the lid on my flight case, it it shut properly with the smallest bit of resistance because there was a few cables that when they piled up, just high enough to push into the form just. And I knew when I shut that, I was like, that is the same level of resistance I got yesterday when I checked everything. Okay, we are good. So it's like built-in levels of idiot checks because you just have no time and you're moving so quickly from yeah. loading in to loading out so i would say yeah, that um because you need to pack down quick not only to get let the next band get on but get your shit out of the way yeah and so it's not just like side stage in the way and um so that then you can go man the merch or you can go out and watch the other yeah. band you know like you have to do these duties whilst you're out on the road so absolutely yeah, absolutely it's... there was a lot um i would say have everything rock solid to the point where if there is a problem you're able to diagnose it very mm. quickly and i mean like a second you know yeah. like, like for example you know we had a problem in the oxford day where my bass was just incredibly quiet and because i knew my gear so well i was able to look down and go right the ding wall is in passive mode, so the, the active EQs are in play. That's fine. The battery's not a problem. Tick. Wireless cable. Wireless cable's plugged in correctly. Tick. Is the battery okay on the wireless connector? Okay. Tick. Straight into the quad cortex. Input and output menu, because I know where that is. Signal's healthy. Signal's healthy. Then I turned and looked at Jay, who had our laptop open with our in-ears, and I was like, what is it? And he went, you're like 30 dB quieter than what it was. Conclusion. Cable. So it's like... All those things were literally like, bang, 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 bang. Yeah. Jay, what's the problem? Okay, it's that, cable. Because we, you just don't have time to fix an issue. And even then, yeah. we swapped a cable out. I did a five-second, like, bam, 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 bam. The level was healthy. Muted it, doors open. You know, like, it's yeah. like, you know, people, and then 300 people come running in. And people were running in because they wanted to get on the barrier. So it's like, if I was faffing for five minutes, it'd be like, you've just lost your sound check completely. So things like that got to be really quick. And then the last two things I'd say is, um, this sounds really silly, but spur charges for everything. Um, not necessarily because you'll lose things. I didn't lose anything, but it was more like a, you need to charge your battery for your GoPro. Your GoPro is in your flight case underneath a load of other equipment in the back of another room. But you've got the batteries with you because you've been traveling with them in your backpack. Lucky me, I have a GoPro charger, which is a USB-C cable and a plug with me. Now I can charge everything. So it's all yeah. kind of like you really do just have to lock in your process. Yeah. Uh, even, even like I overdid it to the point where I was like, this is getting a bit silly. And even, and even then on tour, I was like, oh, this is actually an acceptable amount. So what might seem comedic 
in real life in the sort of touring cycle is considered normal. Yeah, I I, f- I feel you completely and, and totally agree that it's just like if something could go wrong, it will go wrong one day. Like, yeah, something will happen. I've had wirelesses drop out before, and like, yeah. well, then yeah. you then you got you got your cable there ready to go. You know, all, all your backups. You got to think about that yeah. kind of thing. But the um, only thing that went wrong, genuinely, the only thing was I forgot to offload the SD card for my Zoom recorder which meant halfway through one of the sets, the SD recorder ran out of space and just stopped recording. That was yeah. the only problem. And that is such a Ruined first the world. Set. It doesn't matter. You're like, so be it. It never affected the show. And then the last thing I mentioned is, like, sleep is so important. Like, I didn't drink on tour. I probably had, in fact, no, I did, but I probably had, like, three drinks the entire tour. That's the number three, not not the currency. <laughs> um, because of, I knew we were getting into environments where we were coming back to our accommodation at 3 a.m. and we needed to be out the door to do the next drive at 9, 10 a.m. I can't really sleep in cars or sat up. It's just not something I'm particularly good at. So I knew I had to be able to like go to sleep at that point. So it's like I'd prepared, I bought myself a nice air mattress because I knew I was going to be sleeping on it nearly every day. It's um, a nice sleep mask, decent earplugs in case anyone snored because I didn't know if anyone snored. Yeah. A few people did snore and I'm not good with snorers. So luckily the earplugs had my back. You know, I'd covered everything. I'd, I'd basically, you know, restricting caffeine intake uh, until like say, you know, I wasn't, I wasn't having any caffeine after like 2 PM, even though I'd had a show because I needed to be well, tired to go to sleep. Again, these aren't very like exciting things, but it's like going to another about. show. Exactly, going to another show on the bounce, not well rested, and then say getting drunk the second night means by the time you get to the third night, you're you're losing things. You don't know where stuff is. You forgot to charge stuff. You play a bad gig. You know all these kind of things. So it was like kind of keeping everything just locked in place so nothing could fall apart yeah i think that's great advice for anyone out there going to do it doing long runs of shows to have things maintained and so it's sustainable you know and that you can keep everything in in good shape the whole time absolutely um very serious question oh here we go the most important question yes um how how many shits did you take in service station bathrooms well technically it was all of them um i just hit my microphone while i said that technically every Wait. what but yeah but I'm, I'm just anticipating what you're gonna say every shit oh. you did in service station or every service station you did a shit <laughs> technically both um <laughs> no because hopefully we're doing this uh a lot of the venues had questionable bathrooms um certainly a few of them did um and yeah just i needed the bathroom when we were traveling not when we were at the venue so that's just when i went to the bathroom (laughs) see i feel like my my standard for a bathroom is pretty low like i'll I'll drop trowel wherever i need to oh i no no i don't think you understand like there was there was one venue in particular that was bad 
like <laughs> like the type you think I might come away with a disease. I did. I refused to. I, I genuinely. I said to the promoter, "I'm not using that bathroom." Like seriously, not after I've, what I've just done in there. Oi, oi. <laughs> no, it was bad. Like I don't think it had ever been cleaned ever. Um, so yeah, lots of poos in service station toilets and stuff like that. Yeah, it's got to be done. But that's another thing as well. It's like if you ate loads of bad food and you drank and then you travel in, maybe you want to go and you can't. So trying to eat healthily as much as you can and drinking. Drinking a lot, like I drank a lot of water, like a yeah, lot that's of the water. One. That's the real heavy hitter, like being dehydrated. Yeah, I'm I'm dehydrated right now. My water's run out, and I'm having a bad time. Mm. Um, Devastated for I you. I can't imagine really, yeah. you're on tour, you know. Mm. Um, let's bring it back around now. Thank you for that, by the way. That was incredibly insightful. Um, you're welcome. That's, that's the kind of thing why people are even listening to this. Exactly. So, no guesses. You. No guesses. Who asked that question? No, 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 no. It was Ian Martin Allison. Mm. Um, yeah. It was Ian um, Allison. It was you, Ian. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, next question says, what do you think is the best lesson that you learned from tour? Probably everything I just mentioned in the other bit. Oh, wait, have I already asked that question? Yeah, I've yeah, been you have. Wow. Sorry, I cut that out. <laughs> <laughs> I delivered that so no, confidently. Leave well. No, leave it. You should leave it in. Babe, in your <laughs> error. I was like, this doesn't sound like what I asked before. I was going to say, I've given you four absolute nuggets here. I'm like, this is the best I can do. I've well, got nothing just, else. Just nuggets, just like you did in those service station toilets. Am I right? They were not. They were, they were logs, my friend. <laughs> oh, good. Good for you. Good for you, man. That's healthy. Um, okay, I've got the actual question now. Thank you. How many pisses... Did you know? It's, uh, uh, what's the post-tour come down been like for you? Uh, great. There wasn't one. At wow. all. Like, at all. Um, I was tired the first day I got back, obviously. But to be honest, no, there wasn't. Because I think, like, the touring wasn't, like, a euphoric, non-stop party kind of like ah oh, this is amazing every day is the best day of my life it wasn't like that it was it was hard work like you know it was difficult it was great but it was hard work so by the time we got to the last show i was like oh I'm tired now i'm ready to uh <laughs> ready to come back up and relax so when i got home it was like okay yeah. there was no it was so strange because i genuinely did expect to be like Oh God! Like I'm not getting tired till three a.m. Like you know, I've I've got to do laundry. You know, I've got to cook some food instead of buying it from like. Oh, I tell you what though, like I'd have Mackies four days in a row because there were just there was just no genuinely no other options. Like we went looking for other options, but there's only so many places you can get food from at one o'clock in the morning on a motorway. Ah, uh, yeah. And the only op- like four days in a row and i was like i hate this like you know matt, matt and i tried to get mcdonald's on the way home from bristol um, oh really from seeing the gig and we, we couldn't yeah we could yeah exactly i don't so, think we ate after that gig there was nothing on the drive back from bristol to oxford there was like no services it was really strange wow so we just went oh well um still have to do it for them uh but yeah uh, for the come point. down then the come down yeah that we there wasn't one so the change, no, genuinely there no wasn't one down. I, I, wow. I really did think there was going to be one but it was just like I'm back um, uh, I've got shit to do and it was just I was just doing the next thing 
Mm. You know, do you think that's because we're a bit older? Like, it's not that same thing anymore, or like, um, do you think that's a reflection of the tour or or home life? Because home life is so good, you know. I think uh, it. I think it was a reflection on the workload of the tour because what we weren't doing was showing up, sound checking, playing gig, drinking a rider full of beer, having a laugh, being driven somewhere else, going to sleep, repeating. Yeah. It was it was work. And it's like, you know, like there was a lot of driving that we were doing. You know, we didn't have a driver or anything like that. And yeah. then we were getting to the venue, we were setting stuff up. We had we had duties for the headline band that we'd agreed to do for them. You know, it it, it felt like work. It felt like good so, work, but it like felt like a well oiled machine at work. Yeah, like, like I never stopped. Like I genuinely never stopped. And then even bits where I had downtime, I was editing I was like editing reels for social media or I was looking for footage or I had other stuff I needed to do, like messages I needed to get back to or, you know, I was doing stuff. There was not really any, like, you know, I'd prepared to like watch stuff while I was waiting around for things and just didn't didn't look at a single thing. Like I didn't, didn't go on YouTube once, you know, like all these kind of things. It was like, you know, just nonstop pretty much. And then not, got home not and even I was like, to watch well, my content. No, exactly. Well, I mean, I don't watch it anyway, so. Yeah, so they got home, then you're like, huh. And like, I'm, I'm back. Now. And then it's okay. like, well, now I've got another, you know, I've got things to do. It's like, I've got, you know, I've got admin to do. I've got a gig on the weekend. It was like, we're just into the next thing now. Like, I got some social plans. It was like, okay, that was that done. Not in an unhealthy way. It was like, you know, not stressed, but just like, okay, that, bit's, that, that, that bit is done. Yeah. Next thing. Nice. Well, I, and I feel like this is coming across a little bit like, oh, it was was very good. It's like, oh, well, it was fine being home. I, I, I'm sure you don't mean it like that. More no, like... it, and it, no, that's what I mean. It wasn't like it wasn't bad in any way. It was great. Like I had a really good time. But like I said, I expected to come home and go massive come down from all this stuff, and it was like just wasn't the case. Like you know, I was I was tired um, from all the work. And I was and ready. The drugs. And all the drugs. And I was ready to be out of that environment and into, like, the next environment. Like, I got home from the tour the morning after, went straight to the gym. And I was yeah. like, this feels great. Which is probably another thing. Like, you know, there's a couple of other people in the touring party who treated, like, the next day as, like, a lazy day. And they've been saying, like, oh, I'm knackered. Like, I've not recovered. Whereas I guess I got back and went, right, we're going straight into the gym. Get, yeah. like... A, a high to an extent from going to the gym and then that's kind of like settled me out and then off I go so yeah yeah like well I think it's it difficult just means to explain, you're... it's difficult to yeah. explain without sounding like ungrateful or like I didn't enjoy it I did enjoy it I am grateful but it was like I just got back and was like right I'm there's a yeah. to-do list of other things I need to do that are all things I'm equally excited to do like I'm excited to you know I've got you know Origin have sent me a pedal which I'm very excited to do some content for and I was like that arrived while I was on tour in the post. So I was like, I'm excited to get home and work on that. You know, I had, you know, you know, we hadn't done a podcast in a while. So I was like, I'm excited to come back and do a podcast. Hadn't seen like family or like my girlfriends. So like, I'm excited to see them. I was excited to go to the gym because I hadn't been to the gym for four weeks. I was excited to do that. I think maybe that's what it was. There were things that I was looking forward to do, to doing when I got back that ticked the dopamine serotonin boxes 
that the tour gave me. So I didn't have an immediate moment of like excitement, boredom. It was like excitement, doing one thing, back now, excited to do another thing. I like balance. It coincidentally was quite well balanced on my end. I suppose it's a way to look at it as like that was a good thing. It's not a bad reflection on the tour. It's a good reflection on home, things that you enjoy doing that you could do again. You know that you couldn't yeah, exactly, do exactly. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And it's like I'm, I, I missed being at home as well. Well, when we were there, um, I say we, Matt Parker and I came to Bristol to see you guys, and uh, we had a great time. So you know, you guys played awesome, and it sounded big in the room. Well, so, thank you uh, very much. Yeah, we we had a great time uh, driving out to Bristol together to to watch you slaying on stage. So. Props to you, man. Good one. And I'm glad it went, you know, overall was a great success. It was great uh, success. King of the castle. King of the castle. I have a chair. Um, he cannot afford. My God, should we start a Borat, like, no tribute band? No. Yeah. Ali G, maybe. Borat, no. <laughs> Bruno. <laughs> just, oh, each member is a different character. Oh, Amazing. I'm gonna be Bruno, just like doing it Br- f- flea style. Just just lift up yeah. your base and just you know, I'll be an Ali just G. spinning around. I'm gonna play drums and be Ali G. Yeah, fair enough. Nice. Me Julie. Me Julie. I love this. Um amazing. Well, Chris, thank you for telling us some tales from tour. Um and uh yeah, it's great to see you guys smashing it out there and uh I look forward to hearing and seeing even more in the future, hopefully. So Nice one. If you guys want to check out uh, some of the content or see some of the shows that uh, Chris has been playing, you could do so. I'm keying you up here to promote yourself, Chris. Where can people find you on the internet? I don't know. See ya. Fair enough. Bye. <laughs> you can... You know what? That's a really good point because I can't remember the Instagram handle for my band. So that's good. Um, the band's called Dala. My band is called Dala. There is a link to the band in my instagram bio my instagram is that guy on base you could find it there but while i'm here in the interest of dead air let me uh let me pop that up oh that's a picture from johnny dibble that's exciting isn't it hey that's me um we are called oh dala uk that is the name that is our instagram handle yes check it out we posted some cool photos while we were on on the road and a few videos um only other confirmed date we've got in the diary at the moment is we're playing Burn It Down in August. It's down in Torquay. Have I got that right? It is in Torquay. It is. I'm very, very, very excited for that. And uh, yes, please do check us out. There's a full EP on there for your listening pleasure. I think the EP's just cracked 75,000 streams as well, which is quite cool. For a itty-bitty band that haven't really put like loads of money into promotion and stuff. So... It's a it's a it's a great success. <laughs> so now the idea of the Borat band is is exactly it everything Fantastic. is just great success. Amazing. Nice. That's that's the name of the band. Great success. Well, the band's called Malwife. Uh, <laughs> Jesus. Um, exactly. Thank you, Chris, um, for that as well. Um, you can find me. Uh, over on Instagram at Johnny Dibble and the same over on YouTube on TikTok as well, but it's at Johnny Dibble face um, because there's another Johnny Dibble and fuck that um, guy, I say. You know, fuck that guy on base. Fine, I yeah. say. Yeah. Um, 
If you want to get involved with this very podcast, make sure you go and follow us on Instagram where we take most of our questions from and you can just interact and see all the content we're putting out. We've started a new series of Slap or Crap. Uh, you can go and watch all of those where we're just reacting to different bases and saying whether we, we like them or not, basically. Um, it's good, 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 jolly, good, old-fashioned fun. That's what I'm saying. Um, subscribe on YouTube and if you're listening on your platform of choice make sure you rate us five stars it helps something to do with algorithms um, one other thing you guys should do is follow us on TikTok oh my god yeah. we're like we're like proper young you know we got a, we got a talk tick so go and we're totally not nearly 30 absolutely <laughs> I have all the TikToks <laughs> um, so go and talk tick yourself uh, over there and uh, give us a follow on that if that's go, your platform of choice go talk yourself yes oh my god <laughs> um, so yeah all good stuff and we're moving places and uh, yeah big things coming soon let's just say that um, once again everyone thank you so much for watching we'll see you next time ta-ta for now even on a budget quality is non-negotiable that's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince? They exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns.